What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Good evening, Giants fans. It's We're back now with another edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast with our Packers review. Um, as all, uh, We're 50% Irish, 50% British, but as always, 100% Giants. Um, well, it's obviously, as you can see, it's myself and Shane on, the, on duties tonight. The other two lads are, um, have things going on and are unable to be with us. But I think me and Shane will be able to hold down the fort just fine. Um, so, so much to talk about from this win, but just to just want to remind you, you know, we are our association with Andy's Man Club. It's good to talk. We are also in association with USA Sports. Um, you use our code Big Blue to get ten percent off. Um, and also, as you saw in the in, in the beginning, there we have a Dublin meetup this weekend um, to see the five o'clock meet with the six o'clock kickoff. You know, Giants at the Saints, uh, buskers in the buskers on the ball. Absolutely buzzing for that. That'd be great, crack. Uh, we're also um, um, have a have a bit of a giveaway as well. Uh, your chance, you know, to win a podcast shirt, t-shirt and a thirty-five pound voucher, courtesy of USA Sports, which I think is fantastic. We offer there. Uh, so, 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 you know, message us for more details or turn up on Sunday for more details. Um, but enough of all that now. Let's get into this. So, you know, I want to talk about this game. Um, so we're just going to start off very, very briefly with where the game was won. Now, there's only one thing to say, really, isn't it? You know, the Packers just give too much time to Tommy freaking Clutchlets. I mean, with 1.33 left in the clock, Tommy DeVito took the Giants 57 yards in eight plays before Randy Bullock drilled home a 37-yard field goal as time expired to give the Giants a 24 22 win at home. Um, it was stay, I managed to stay up to watch the game, and it was an unbelievable game to, to, to watch as things sort of played out. But I want to pass it over to my colleague here, friend Shane, to start us off with the good. So, Shane, can you go through some of the good that happened over this game for us? Yeah, and there was a there was actually a lot of good to um to get involved with. So, you know, first of all. Good evening to if you're joining us live on YouTube. Obviously, if you've got any comments that you want to throw into us, drop them on there. Um, or any questions for even myself or Kevin, we'll we'll get them answered. I uh, will apologise in advance. Obviously, I'm on producing duties tonight. So if I start talking and I appear muted or you hear some various clicking and refreshing of Twitter and, and whatnot, you know, it's just the joys of trying to produce and uh, and be engaged with this. But, you know, yeah, there, there was loads of good to, to talk about. And it feels like we've not said that kind of for a while because obviously... The last game, uh, just before the bye week, obviously we, we beat the Patriots, but let's face it, it wasn't a, a great game. It, it, it wasn't like kind of stuff that people wanted to really talk about. You know, people, were, a lot of people were happy for the game to actually end. Um, whereas this one, we can't, we were slow to get going, but kind of once we got going, especially into the second half, um, you know, we looked a lot better. So I'm going to start with a man who's kind of 
been under the radar and potentially a little bit uh, disappointment maybe to say the, the, this season compared to like you know what he did when we brought him in last year and that was Isaiah Hodgins, the, um, the forgotten man a wee bit. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you genuinely do. Like you see him catch the ball and you're like, oh shit, who's eighty? Oh shit, oh, is that? oh yeah, I forgot we got Isaiah Hodgins because he's not been involved that much this year. Um, but you know he was targeted just twice, but he had two catches for twenty two yards and one of them was an absolute great catch. Um, to get the the touch there in the back right corner of the end zone, and you know, if 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 that's all your catches are going to be, that's a job done kind of night in my opinion. You know, you, you you showed that you got reliable hands, you brought it in, you held on to it, you got the points. Happy days. Um, so you know, he, he's got a touch there in his last two games, despite limited snaps, and he you know he did go ten games without one, so it was really good to see Isaiah Hodgins kind of growing into his role a little bit more over these last couple of weeks, and hopefully, you know to the end of the season now we can see the Isaiah Hodgins that we saw last season as opposed to the one that we've seen the first half of the season. Um and then also another man that's going to give a bit of a shout out to is Randy Bullock. Um now I know he did miss a 48 yard field goal earlier in the game, but you know he, he drilled all three of his his XP attempts and you know at the end of the day he scored the points that got us that dub. You know, I mean, I, I was watching it. Um, I, I didn't watch all the game. I, I've only watched like kind of condensed game. Um, but I got up at 4 a.m. in the morning, stuck it on. It was a two-minute warning. So I got to watch that drive. And, and I even heard the commentator say, Bullock looked on the sideline like he got the world on his shoulders. Like, obviously, you think from a mental point of view, that missed field goal earlier in the game, it's going to play on your mind. So, you know, it's... Um, you know, hats off to him, fair play to him for drilling that and kind of keeping his composure. It was only like was it 36 yards field goal, 32 yards field goal or something like that. So, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a massive difference. I've stood on MetLife, I've stood there and gone, yeah, that's easy to make. And <laughs> Randy did, you know, Randy's obviously, he must have watched my video from last week and uh, kind of took some tips. But yeah, you know, fair play to Randy Bullock for kind of get, getting the points and getting the job done at the, at the very end at the death. The old ace in the veins. There was a bit, a little bit of pressure coming off the edge there as well. Um, so for him to manage to actually drill it right down the middle in that situation, you know, he's come off the couch as well, you know, mid-season, you know, to help us out with Gano's injury. So I was so pleased for him to be able to drill that and win the game for us. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, let's let's not sort of be around the bush. Our special teams have been quite poor this year. So, you know, the fact that, you know, the, the, um, the, was it the Jets game uh, where the... Uh, I think was it Will McDonald jumped over the the, the line and you know we've given fouls away um, not fouls sorry we've had flags unnecessarily so you know it was really good to kind of see the the the, the um, special teams hold up for that kick. So what you don't want to do is make that kick, get a flag, and you know you're potentially looking at a, a different scenario. But you know that's not what happened. We got that dub and fair play to to Randy. So um, I was going to move on to players of the game now. So uh, there was. We all chose a player of the game each. Um, three went for players on offence. Um, obviously, Craig and Dan aren't here, so I'm going to cover their players of the game um, before I kind of send it over to Kev for his. So, Craig went for Wondale Robinson as his player of the game. And I think that's, you know, absolutely fair. Wondale had a great game. Um, easily his best of the season. He had six catches on seven targets for 79 yards. Uh, including that 32-yard scramble at the end of the game that got the Giants into field goal range. Um, and he also had a really nice catch off that flea flicker, um, which the throw was into double coverage. And, you know, fair play to him for hold, holding on to that. 
Um, you know, it didn't end there either as he was used a couple of times in the rushing game as he he, he rushed for 36 yards. And that's one of the things that I know we, we've mentioned in the past with one dad. He's, he's a bit of a dual threat player. Like, you know, you can put him in, in, in the slot, but also you can put him in the backfield. Um, and, you know, more than anything, it, it was a bit of redemption for one dad. He did tweet out um, sort of not long after the, the game. Um, you know, I think this time last year I was on the way to LA for surgery. Blessed to be here now. Uh, and you know, there's there's one of our stats for you: 79 yards on six catches, 13.2 yards per catch, and the 36 rushing yards. I actually think, right? You know that um, Brian Dable and Joe Sheehan, like they really like this player. They believe this is a player that really can do a lot in this offense. Um, I mean. The, the catch at the end, obviously, was so clutch and his, like, little sort of, like, dink, little shimmy just to, to break free, like, you know, and it created so much space. Just that little movement created so much space and DeVito was able to to pick him out and then run after the catch. I mean, um, also, the, on the, the Wildcat sort of play where it looked like the the, the, the the handoff exchange didn't quite work that well and almost looked like uh, Saquon was fumbling it, but he managed to follow his blocks, get downfield, pick up really, really good yards. And then, as you mentioned as well, that that uh, throw into double coverage, where it's sort of like you got the safety coming over the top, the linebacker underneath, and he had to really adjust his body and go and get it. And um, yeah, I, I just think like you know, this is you know we've said it before. You know, he was unlucky with injury last year, but this is a player to watch going forward um, in this offense because I think he really can be a star. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I've I've mentioned it numerous times before, and I'll carry on mentioning it. I didn't like the pick at the time. But when he's been on the field, fair play to him. He's proven me wrong. And, you know, it just shows that kind of you can't just judge judge a draft pick by before that they've taken a snap on the on the field. You know, I felt there was better players available at the time. But I am sort of starting to get a little bit of a soft spot for Wandale. I don't know if that's because he's proven me wrong the way that I, I wanted him to. But, you know, he, he does feel like a little bit, you know, that sort of player that you want to root for. Obviously, he got injured in his rookie season. And, you know, it's great to see him kind of have the game that he had this week. Um, I, will, I will give you that as well, Shane. Like, you're one of those um, sort of, like, people who watch the game and stuff like that, and you won't stick to a uh, to a certain thing. You know, if you believe something and someone change, comes out and proves you wrong and changes your mind, I must admit, you you know, you won't stick to your guns. You will actually give the player credit when credit credit's due. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's important to do in, the, in kind of this, this podcast. You know, you can't just sort of not like a player and just stick to that mentality when the player goes and has nearly like you know 78 yards and, and makes so many good catches. Um, speaking of players who've kind of you know performed beyond expectations potentially, uh, Dan's player of the game was uh Tommy Clutchlitz, I believe it was, <laughs> and that's uh Tommy DeVito. Um, he only completed seven of 11 passes for 48 yards in the first half, second half came at guns blazing. Um, he ended up finishing the game with 17 completions from 21 attempts for 158 yards. He had a touchdown, no turnovers. Um, and, you know, his standout game didn't end there either. He, his pocket awareness was... Uh, his pocket awareness was probably the best I've seen from a Giants quarterback in a, in a few years. I mean, like, people want to say, oh, yeah, Jones struggles because the, the old line's rubbish. But, you know, I, I just felt like, personally... Tommy DeVito had more awareness than Daniel Jones does seem to. I think that I think Daniel Jones' issue is sometimes maybe he's too aware. So the minute he even feels the slightest thing, he's 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 a little bit nervous. And maybe that's because of the poor protection he's had since he's he's been in um in, at the MetLife Stadium. 
But Tommy DeVito seems to just anticipate it a little bit better. So there might be pressure there, but he doesn't go running off the way Daniel can sometimes. Um, and, you know, the the, uh, the offensive line only allowed one quarterback hit, um, which we'll come on to in a little while. But, you know, he added 71 yards in the rushing game as well. So he's that little bit of a dual threat quarterback that we've seen kind of Daniel be in the, in the past as well. Um, and just whilst we're talking about Tommy DeVito, I'm just going to put a quick uh, question up that we've had from Steve. Evening, Steve. I'll be keeping well, mate. Um, he said, it's important to temper expectations, but how far can DeVito go? Could he secure the start come week one next season? He seems to be getting better by the week. Now, this is a very brief conversation both myself and Kev happened to have before we went on air live tonight, um, where I said, you know, if he keeps this up, do the Giants potentially have something in, in Tommy DeVito? So, you know, Kev, what do you reckon? Do you, could he secure the start come week one next season? Well, short answer, yes. Uh, but I caveat that with um, if we if, if we don't go um, quarterback in the first round or trade up to try and get a star quarterback in the first round, um, I think Daniel Jones might be ready to go for, you know, leader camp. So maybe he gets to start right while they still still rest Daniel Jones. Um, I think this is why we talked about just playing him, playing him in these games, giving him experience. I mean, they didn't want him throwing the ball at all in the Jets game. The second half of this game, they relied on him to throw the ball to to move and to be able to like go and win this game. I mean, that that uh, red zone throw um, when he was flushed out of the pocket, you know, he moved out to his right and he caught uh, Isaiah Hodgins on the right hand side back corner for that pass. That was beautiful. I mean, that was only in a position where Hodgins could catch that ball. Um, and then also the 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 uh, Wanda Robinson catch, which was a beautiful catch on the sideline um, that was um, where the um, Packers head coach challenged it when it was... I don't know why he challenged it because it was a great, great catch two feet down. Um, what, what I also liked about him was he had sort of those like... Um, feet in the pocket where he's not going too mental, but he's just moving around inside the pocket. And when the pressure was coming from the sides, he knew when to step up the middle and run up the middle instead of coming out of the back. Because too many times I think Daniel Jones comes out of the back of the pocket and gets taken down by the edge rushers. Whereas the, Tommy DeVito, in this in this case, a couple of times, you know, moved himself around, pocket movement, and then just went through the middle of it when that broke down and the space was there. Um, and also, you saw some of the, the plays that they have to Daniel Jones. They did some read option stuff. And that, you know, I, we all wanted him to score that touchdown and that uh, when he pulled it, when the when the edge crashed down on the running back and DeVito kept it and, and he went for uh, 26 yards or something like, and he just got uh, caught down at the at, at the inches before the, the end zone. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to say in the sense that I want to see more. I want to see more. I mean, there is the story. There's the whole sort of like, you know, the DeVito family, the old Italian uh, American type stuff, like, and all that. And it's brilliant. And it's kind of galvanized the locker room, as we've said in the past. Um, and now you start to, you're starting to give the production to go with the hype. The hype was there, you know, obviously the good, feel good story. But now you're starting to do the production. And I think, um, you know, uh, Dable will put a little bit more on his plate week by week. And if he keeps, you know, playing well, then. Um, he's going to put a lot of good film on the rest of the season. And, um, he, you know, fans will be asking the question, yeah, you know, we want to see him play, you know, if he carries on playing like this. I mean, there was that crazy stat, was it? Like, you know, since since records began in 1950, um, how many quarterbacks have, like, thrown for 100-plus yards 
uh, rushed for 70 yards, uh, scored a touchdown, um, no interceptions, didn't no fumbles, no sacks. And like, obviously you can do stats to, to make whatever narrative you want. And the only quarterback is Tommy DeVito this past week, you know, that sort of falls into those stats. So I would, I would temper expectations, obviously, as Steve said, um, but uh, give me more. Just give me more. Like, you know, he's got to play the rest of the season and he will throw picks. He will make mistakes. Um, but I'm here for Tony Clutches. Tommy Clutches. I mean, I, I want to see more, definitely, 100%. Yeah, I mean, like, like you say, it is a, like, let's be honest, it's a fantastic story. Like, you know, he he, he went to, uh, is it Don Bosco? He, he's from the area. He's an undrafted free agent. He's coming. The Giants, Let's not beat around the bush. Apparently, had no faith in him in that game in the Jets game. Like you mean, he didn't throw. Like you, you can't tell me they had full faith in him there. And he's just doing he, week by week. He's just slowly improving and getting that little bit better. And you know, yet like I say, you got to temper expectations. And you know, could he secure the start come week one next season? I believe if we don't draft a quarterback, there's a very good chance because I don't think Daniel will be ready for week one. But like you say. Tyrod's contract is up in the in the off season. That's not going to get renewed. What do you really gain from playing Tyrod? Not a whole lot, in all honesty. You might see Tyrod if we were kind of in a wild card position right now, and we were trying to stay there. You might see, but you know, it's just hard not to be happy for for Tommy DeVito and. You know, seeing seeing his agent the, on, the, on the sideline and everything. That was class, wasn't it? It was like yeah, literally. So, like, how can you not root for this kid? How can you not want him to to do well and succeed? And you know, I think the thing I've been most impressed with is he's playing like he's not playing like an undrafted free agent. He's playing like someone who's been a backup for the last three or four years potentially. Um, and you know, for me, for me as well, I thought that that drive to put us into field goal range was perfect there was like two three short passes little gains and then bam hit him on a long one deepish one 30 odd yards straight into field goal range or whatever it was um and you know that, that's kind of how you want to do it and i mean you know how many games has Danny, daniel jones and this isn't a daniel jones bashing by the way but how many games has daniel jones had on a monday night and we've not got the win and then tommy devito's first monday night football and ban so you know i mean if, if nothing it gives us something to watch every week to be excited for going forward and and to watching the um in camp next next summer yeah but, you definitely know, and like just talking about that second half performance was it 11 attempts 10 completions and the only incompletion was a throwaway like that's some really clutch football like you know when you absolutely need it when your team needs you to do it and uh yeah so like yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here for the raid. <laughs> yeah, and again, then that stat line, that's a stat line of a season backup, not not someone who was playing college football just a year ago. So, you know, would it be great if we had our very own Brock Purdy? Why not? Like, let, let's let, let's say like you know, why why can't we? All the shit we've been through over the last five years. Let's just have some good football. Let, let's have some that like you know a diamond in the rough that just comes out of nowhere with all the poor draft picks that we've we've had in the middle to later rounds. It'd just be great to have something come out of nowhere as an undrafted free agent, especially a kid who's from the area. So we've had Craig's player of the game. We've had Dan's player of the game. I'm now going to fire over to Kev. Kev, who was your player of the game? My player of the game, a little bit of a cop out, but. 
I'm going to go with the pass protection, the offensive line. Um, as mentioned, you know, Tommy DeVito wasn't sacked once. And although a few of those were down to the effort of Tommy to get back to line of scrimmage um, and then get taken down, you know, after that, uh, you still have to com commend the line for, for, for these stats. I mean, um, during the game, the offensive line only allowed one quarterback hit and the other 13 pressures allowed were all hurries. Um, it's nowhere near the lineup most Giants fans would have thought at the beginning of the season. But the lineup of Thomas, Pugh, Schmitz, Bredesen and Phillips, I mean, you have to tip your cap, especially to Phillips. I want to really shout to Phillips as well, because Rashawn Gary, he spent most of his snaps, I think all bar two, um, on Phillips, on that um, left end sort of right tackle. Um, and Phillips only gave up what? And, and sorry, Gary's stat line was only two tackles and one hurry. I mean, uh, Gary's one of the premium sort of like edge rushers in, in, in you know, in, in the league at the moment. So um, I just, yeah, I wanted to, again, like I said before, tip my cap to the offensive line. Um, and I will say, Daniel, this this offensive line is playing so much better than than the offensive line we trotted out at the beginning of the year for Daniel Jones. So yeah, we have to, everyone can sort of admit that. But the cohesiveness now being seen, I think, is... Um, they're not fantastic. They're not awesome. They're not, um, you know, brilliant. You know, and you do get the old 64s eligible coming out to give you the big extra uh, super tight end, you know, the, the heavy tight end sets. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to say, I, you know, Andrew Thomas played outstanding. I mean, they all played really, really well. So I couldn't pick one of them. So I went for for all the, um, the, all the offensive line there. So now I'm going to talk about the defense a little bit. And... First thing I want to mention is rookie Deontay Banks. Now, I tweeted this out during the game, um, and you see it everywhere on Twitter as well. Like, you know, as the saying goes, the banks are closed tonight. And it was just, you know, it was an outstanding game from the rookie. You know, he led the Giants in tackles with 12, 12 tackles from a cornerback. And, you know, he saved a touchdown with a beautiful diving pass breakup in the fourth quarter, uh, which forced a field goal. Um on early view in this season, he is going to be a physical force to be reckoned with. I just think I, I was I was watching something on YouTube the other day, and I said like rookies, um, rookies of the season or something like that. And he, I've seen a few of them now, and he's in top ten. He's in top ten for all the sort of like rookies of the year so far. You know, so he just looks like a bona fide. Um, I won't say lockdown corner, but a, a number one starting corner in this league. Maybe not number one yet, but he's definitely on trajectory to be a number one corner in this league. Um, and then, obviously, got to talk about our boy uh, KT, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, it was an all-action display from Kayvon this week as he finished with a forced fumble, pass deflected, that could have been a pick, three hurries, one quarterback hit, eight tackles, and half a sack that he shared with Michael McFadden. He just is continuing to produce. He just, you know, every week he's just getting better and better and better. And I think he's on like 11 and a half, 12 sacks, something like that for the season. I mean, getting a player in double-digit sacks, you know, off the edge for the Giants, I mean, it's just phenomenal production for him this season. Um, and then also, Jason Pinnock, you know, welcome back to Interception City, Jason Pinnock. Uh, it was a poorly judged throw by Love, of course. You know, but Pinnock snagged it out of the air and returned it for a nice chunk of yards, giving the Giants really good field position. It's just unfortunate that Giants being Giants weren't able to capitalise properly on that. Um, he did also have a great punch out of the pass to Heath to force an incompletion that would have been a touchdown in the fourth quarter. It's a shame. It's just a shame that the Packers went on to score the next play. But at that time, it was just great reactions from him. 
to punch that ball out. You know, didn't complete the catch properly, and he was there to punch it out. You know, he can't obviously know what's going to happen in the next play. And I'm really glad to talk about this as well now. Aziz Ojolari. I mean, good players make plays when the time is right. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, and that's why he's on the on, on the good list this week. You know, he split a sack with Dex in the fourth quarter that forced a high-pressure 45-yard field goal attempt by Carlson that was missed. He also had a tackle for loss, three quarterback hits, and four tackles. It was nice to see him out there and, and, and just producing a little bit of what we know he can produce. And it's just so it's a little bit frustrating just seeing it on um seeing it on the um on small snippets. You know what I mean? You really want to see him produce for a full game and give you some. Um but so the question here is um defensive player of the game. Only one of us went for defensive player, defensive player, the other, like you said before, the rest of us went for offensive. So who did you go for, Shane? Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a bit of a tough one because I, I, I personally was looking at Deontay Banks and Thibodeau as well. Um, I mean, I'm just having a quick look at Deontay Banks. His stats for the for the season. So he's been targeted 85 times and he's given up 48 receptions for 56.5 percent conversion. And I just find it mental that teams are targeting him as much as they am because he's he's proven he, he can hold it in this league. I mean, you know, he's got he was targeted ten times this week, seven times against Green Bay. Um, in the Raiders, Jets and Washington games, he was targeted eleven, thirteen, and eleven respectively. And to me, I just think for, for Deontay Banks, I'm quite surprised that teams are targeting him as much as they am. Because if, if I was a if I was an OC, I'd be saying we we'll try and stay away from him if we can. We, we might test him early on. He's a rookie. But when when you see that pass breakup that you mentioned, like that's a fantastic player. That is like you 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 can't teach that. In all honesty, like that that was instinct. The way the hand went up, it was just a great play. Um, and you know, like like you mentioned about Thibodeau, I could easily have gone with him. He's keeping the uh, his kind of stat line up as well. Um, but you know, I feel like I'm cheating every week. You t- picking this player, I pick him all the time. Honestly, I think I, I think I must have picked him about five or six times already this season. Um, but I went for Dexter Lawrence. Um, of course. And, you know, he, he showed this weekend why I picked him. You know, whether he is 100% healthy or whether he's 50% healthy, he just finds a way to influence the game. And, like, I just, I, I, I'm just a massive, sexy Dexy fan. Like, I absolutely love Dex. I think he's fucking amazing. Like, he, the, like I, I love his play on the field. I love his banter in between plays and the way he is. I mean, there was a, a video that did the rounds after after the game ended on Monday night with T, uh, Tommy DeVito and Dexy together. And it's just like, you know, I just think Dexy's class. But, you know, he played 29 defensive snaps. So kind of just to put that into, um, into comparison. That's crazy, is. isn't it? Like, you know, he was obviously on a pitch count because he's coming back from yeah. an injury, of course. Yeah, exactly. But like, um, I mean, sorry, stop working. Here we go. So, David, so just put into comparison. So, he played 29 snaps. So, the only people he out snapped was Isaiah Simmons, DJ Davidson, Darnay Holmes, Jordan Riley, Dane Belton, and Benton Whitley. Everybody else had more snaps than Dex. And even in that limited capacity, he was still able to influence it with half a sack that he recorded with Aziz, as just mentioned, two quarterback hits and two hurries. And he was the highest graded Giants player on defence. Um, maybe maybe overall, sorry, as well, uh, via PFF with a 91.9. And it's to me, it's just like 
every week he just seems to kind of, you know, show it. And, and Kieran's got it nail on the head. Sexy Dexy is the man. Like, if you don't have, a, if you don't own a Giants jersey or you want to get a new Giants jersey, I'm not on commission. Get a Sexy Dexy <laughs> jersey. Like, that, that's oh, what definitely. I'm doing. I wanted to get one when we was over there the other week, but the, the jersey selection was quite poor in the store. But, you know, that that's going to be the next jersey I'll get because, you know, we, we, we've paid him. So, you know, he's going to be here for a few years as well. There's, there's no concern about maybe doing um, an, another player who probably deserves a mention, Xavier McKinney. Like, you know, I, I really wanted his jersey, but his performance at the start of the season was very disappointing. But again, in all credit, you've got to give credit where it's due at the end of the day. Um, I think was it since week 11, he's the highest graded safety via PFF. He has. He's been playing out of his skin. Like He's been playing like the player we think he can be. I just hope, like, you know, when it comes to negotiations, that he doesn't go for the last couple of games, you know, as, as, as like why he wants to be paid so, so highly. Um, you know, it has to go for his body of work. I'd love to see him back. You know, if he can reproduce this type of production. Uh, he's what he is well, and this type of production is one of the best in the league. But also, I just want to like give a little shout out as well. Um, just since we're throwing out shout outs all over the place, you know, you can have one, you can have one, you can have one. Like the two big boys as well up front, you know, um, Ashawn Robinson and uh, Nacho. Uh, I just think they've been playing really solid, like nothing flashy. You know, Sexy Dex is your star on the defensive line in the interior, but those two lads have come in, you know, with Luz and uh, Leo Williams, they've come in and they've held their own. and. And with them playing so well, we kind of haven't noticed the Leo Williams loss as much as we as much as we thought we would. Um, and I just thought, I just like I said, I just want to give them to a little bit of a shout out because I think they've been pushing that pocket and really sort of like you know helping out Sexy Dexy. And like you know, he only played uh, twenty nine snaps, um, and then those two other lads had to sort of step in along with Riley and others. And I just wanted to give them a little uh, shout out as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you mentioned, about McKinney with his contract, let's hope that. It's going to come up in negotiations. Well, last year, you had an ATV incident and we, we, we paid you. We could have said we're not paying you. But, so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of pans out. Um, Steve, I, trust me, I definitely didn't secure commission in the press box. I, I, if I could have, I absolutely would have. Um, if Dexy had been active, I would 100% have loved to have seen him in that locker room because I just think he's a character. Um, Next time. Yeah. Say again. Next time. Oh, 100% next time. Like, I, I, I literally, if it had been ne next time, I think I've got, I've got, I've grown enough confidence. I'm going to say, I'm going to grab Dexy. I'm going to be like, can you rate this video? You never replied back on Twitter. Which yeah, one yeah. did the sexy Dexy the best? <laughs> and I'm sure well, he'd we have to ask that. We have to get that video. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up all our, uh, our shout outs and uh, you get a gold star, you get a gold star, you get a gold star moment. Um, so you know we're going to move on to now. What's uh, next? The, the Dan, Dan's favourite moment. Obviously, he's not here. Um, so again, I feel pressure doing this, but it's that time of the the, the show where we discuss what the feagles. I love it because it's like Dan's here with us in spirit. Yeah, exactly. Look, I know he's either watching this live or he's going to be listening back to it with a nice little smile on his face. Like, yeah, what the Feagles time. Um, so there's a, there's a few people we're going to talk about on the what the Feagles moment. So the first one we're going to go to is um, a player who flappies one week, I feel like, and then he, he, he he's a bit of a letdown for the next few weeks. And that's Cordell Flott. 
Um, his game on this past Monday night, he had a PFF grade of 38.4, which is very bad. But don't forget, this is a guy who we all turned around and said, yeah, Darnay Arms is gone. Flot in the slot. It's meant to be. And, the, you know, Darnay ended up taking a, a pay cut and, um, and now Darnay's not getting on the field very often. He only had 10 snaps this this week. But, you know, Cordell Flot's got to remember you can easily be, you can easily find a, a quarter slot corner in the third or the fourth round. Like it, it happens every year in in the draft. Um, I mean, his first error was the twenty seven yard pass interference call against him um, that saved the Packers from having to punt the ball. Um, and you know that drive ended up with Green Bay take, taking the lead ten seven into into the half. Which you know, if if, if that doesn't get called back, who who knows kind of thing. Um, but then his second was the first play of a series in the fourth quarter where he could have brought down Tucker Craft at the Packers 40 um, for a gain of 20 yards. He absolutely whiffed on the tackle and Craft ended up tracking another 20 yards on top as well. Um, so it was the biggest player of the game until that point, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I mean, I've only, I've only watched the highlights because obviously I, I was up very early on Monday morning for work. I was up that early, the game was still going on. But obviously, Kev, you watch the game live. Any thoughts on Cordell Flot? Yeah, so if any of my bosses are watching, uh, I was not watching it at work. Okay, just to say that now. I, I mean, I didn't uh, say you was watching it live. I just said you were watching. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a Flot like we like, you know, in the sense that, you know, he does have games where you're like, yeah, we can see potential here. You know, he flashes like, okay, there's a player here. Um, but this game, I just think, as a whole, was one of his worst games. It it just wasn't. He was getting beat left, right, and centre. And if Jordan Love was a uh, playing a better game, like he would have could have took advantage of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it just it just was. It just seemed like oh, flood again. Do you mean oh, like whose man's that? Or oh, flood was supposed to be on him. Do you know what I mean it was just kind of like he just had a rough day. At, I hope it's just a rough day at the office one day, and he'll be back to sort of you know um, playing some some half decent football next week. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's like we mentioned earlier, it'd be nice to have one of these diamonds in the rough. You know, Flop was a third round pick. Again, he was another pick I didn't like at the time. I thought there was better value both at that position and elsewhere. But, you know, he, he made that good play. Well, good play. I say great play against Minnesota last season in the, the playoff game when he had that break up at the very end. So there's there's a player there. We just want to see a little bit more of him. Um, I do you think he needs to bulk up a bit? I think he needs to yeah. still, he's put on a little bit of weight. Because uh, he was very skinny coming out of school, but I just think he still he still looks a little light for this league, you know. Yeah, and you know, let's not forget as well, Darnay Holmes more than likely going to be gone this off season. Adore Jackson more than likely going to be gone this season. Um, Aaron Robinson's turned into the new Sam Beal that I don't know if he exists. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean. I didn't. I, I didn't even see his uh, his name placard anywhere in the dressing room when he was in there. That too, I'm convinced he doesn't exist now. We're in the medical uh, room. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, there's going to be opportunities next year in particular for Cordell, and Cordell does need to make that step up. We'll come into it in the off season, I'm sure. But you know, even right now, Cordell's got to be thinking. Darnay is going to be gone. Adore is going to be gone. Robinson can't stay fit. There is a you know, there's going to be an opening up there. So, you know, we, hopefully he kind of can sort itself over the next few weeks and show why he should be the starter. Um, I was just going to say, like, the, the auditions now. I mean, he's got the rest of the yeah. season. Like, put some good film out there. Put some good tape out there. Um, so, the, so the coaching staff will look to you um, yeah. and give you more reps in the off-season. 
Um, so the next mo what the Feagles moment, we're gonna go to Bobby McKay. Um, you know, we we, we we can't talk about what the Feagles moment without mentioning some form of special teams. It just seems like you know, it's like black and white, yin and yang. It's what the Feagles and special teams, it just goes together perfectly. Um, and, you know, this time it was a case of Bobby McCain and the punt bounce. Um, you know, the safety lost the ball in the air and just kind of stood there looking around. He's, he's, oh, I don't know what he was thinking, but maybe he was stood there thinking, I could make a field goal from here because Bobby, we've all had that thought stood there. Like, you know, I had, I had it myself when I was stood there. I understand what you get, or maybe he was thinking what he's going to have to. Do. I, I don't know what he was thinking. Like that, that would have been one of my questions to Bobby. What was you thinking? Um, but you know, the Packers ended up recovering the ball at the fourteen-yard line. Luckily, the de the defense again bowed McCain out, uh, and were able to hold Green Bay to a field goal. And then the last what the Eagles moment. He's um, kind of a little bit of a surprising one, really. And that's Saquon Barkley, um, 86 yards and two touchdown game. It may be a little bit harsh to put him here, but in all honesty... He's only here for one reason, isn't he? Yeah, he almost cost the Giants the win. And, you know, come on to it in a second as to what he said afterwards. But, you know, he he, he made a nice 34-yard run, you know, broke into space, seen the space. Jets went on and it, kind of the bark that, you know, I'm used to seeing at Penn State and we've seen him before he had his injury. He was kind of gone. Um, he just started to stumble at the end of the play. And then as he hit the ground, the ball's come out, of, out as well. And the Packers managed to return it 50 yards um, before Love threw it to Heath for the go-ahead touchdown. And, you know, we say it's harsh to put Barkley in, in this segment, but I don't think if Saquon was listening to this, he would really disagree. He even said afterwards, um, my brother's bailed me out today, flush it and keep moving on to the next. And, you know, he even said something very similar in, in the locker room after the game when they asked him about it. He said, you know, he kind of bailed out. Um, and as Steve says there, in fairness to Saquon, it's a rarity for him to do that. And it is, it's only his third form. I want to say it's his third fumble for the Giants, but he's had two this year. So, you know, but it, it is, um, it, it's unfair to mention it, but like I say, he knows himself. Uh, Producer Craig is listening. Hello, Producer Craig. Hopefully I'm doing a good enough job. Um, and he says it doesn't always, it doesn't happen often, but it's always the worst time. And, you know, you don't mind at the start of a game. But at the end, and the fact that it set them up to go that go ahead. So, and if Randy misses that field goal, or if we don't answer the way we do, it's all going to be on Saquon. In all fairness, and to be fair to him, he would take that on the chin. He would openly admit it. You know, yeah, it's on me. I've got to do better there. I've got to secure the ball. He's learned. You know what? It didn't. The main thing is, it didn't cost us the dub. We move on, and 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 that's kind of it. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent agree. I mean, like it was one of those like freaky things where like he did get ankle tapped a few yards back that caused him to stumble, but then he regained his his feet, and then he just felt like his if it felt like his head was running faster than his legs. If that makes sense. Like it was sort of like it was top heavy, and he yeah. and he fell forward, and then when it popped out, I was straight away like, well, he's down by contact, down by contact, and uh, obviously, you know the. the I thought someone had brushed him as he fell, but no, the, the defender was clever enough to stay away from him uh, and the ball popped out. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, straight away I was in the uh, tweeted out, like, you know, this is peak giants. This is like, you know, this is like, you know, straight away. Like this. 
you know, for these dominated the game. Kev, Kev would have been thinking at that point, why can't we have nice things? Why, why can't, can't we, we have, have nice things? things? <laughs> that was what Kev was thinking at that moment in time when he when he realised that Saquon had fumbled and he wasn't down by contact and Kev was like, we, we just can't have nice things. We just can't do it. We can't. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, because we we were dominant, like, dominating strong, I understand, but we were definitely like the, the ascending team, the team that, you know, were make, the defence was making stops. You know, we were moving the ball, like I said, about uh, down to uh, Tommy DeVito's stats in the second half. You know, we were the better, by far the better team in that second half. And then for that to happen, it was just one of those moments like, not again, do you know what I mean? But the team rallied round, although Green Bay scored, um, old uh, Tommy Clutchlets, you know, took us down the field for the winning field goal. Well, I mean, so we did get the W. We got the win. We are now, what's our record now? Five and eight? Yeah. So what does that mean? Where where does that leave us? So that leaves us, like I said, now five and eight record. We're teetering between potential playoff spot or a high draft pick. You have people who have gone up at the tanking top five pick. And then we are playing ourselves into the teens the way we're playing at the moment. But it's so much fun. Like, how much fun is it come waking up and discussing these type of games as opposed to talking about 40 getting pumped by 40 or 50 points? Um, but according to Tankathon, the Giants currently hold number eight pick in the draft. However, all teams uh, from fifth to tenth are five and eight, meaning any loss likely moves them closer to five. You know, and the win, obviously, like I said, moves us a, a good bit further back. Um, but on the flip side, right, I'm going to say it, on the flip side, the Giants are only one in a one-game swing away from sneaking into final wildcard spot. Playoffs. I mean, okay, okay. I whispered that because, you know, the chances of that happening is only 2%. <laughs> You know, and it's likely due to the two upcoming games against the Eagles, who will likely now field strong lineups due to the recent two-game losing streak. And we were kind of hoping that they would like, and it was weird to say, but we were kind of hoping they would secure their spot, their number one seed, and then they would sort of like rest players against us. But it's going to be competitive games. But you know what? We're, we're, we're made of stronger stuff this second half of the season than we were in the first. And so, like, the league is crazy this year. And the fact that we're just as close to the postseason as we are to number five, 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 a fifth overall pick uh, is evident of that. What do you think will be the Giants' final record? And will the game against the Saints, Rams, and Eagles twice coming up? Talk to me. Yeah. What are we thinking, Shane? Well, I mean, we're thinking draft. That's what we're thinking. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, I don't think we'll make the playoffs. I mean, if you look at the teams that are ahead of us, you've got both um, Atlanta and New Orleans in front of us and Bucks. Now, they've all got to play each other at least kind of once. Um, you know, you've also got uh, the Rams who are just in front of us who we come up against. Now, let, let, I mean, I'm, I personally, I'm thinking kind of we might get one more win in all honesty. I think the only way we potentially get two or maybe even three, we need we need Philly to probably sit a few starters to to beat. We we we're not going to beat Philly. Like 
you know, but that, that, that destroyed us last year. And, you know, Dallas have destroyed us this year. And I, I don't see us getting any wins against Philadelphia, to be honest. The only way I can see us winning the one is the last game of the season where they might rest people. Um, but, I mean, you look at Philly. I mean, Philly are the five seed at the moment. So, you know, that, that, that tied record with K-Boys. If Dallas and Philly go into that last game of the year, both need I don't know who Dallas have got last game of the season, but, you know, if they both need to win, obviously, who they got? Sorry, I think the Commanders. Commanders. So e- either way, if, if they go into the game last game of the season needing to to win, they're not going to rest any starters. Um, I think we can beat the Saints. I, I genuinely do believe we we can beat the Saints. The Rams is kind of at the minute feels like a little bit of a time cost for me. Like like the Saints, I look at it and I, I'd be disappointed if we don't beat New Orleans. Whereas Rams, I'm like. Mm, we we could win, but we could lose. Like you know, they've, they've got a good coaching staff up there in, in Sean McVay, um, and you know you you got Matt Stafford at QB, who you know he's seasoned veteran, and you know he's a very underrated quarterback. And you know some of the the, the weapons they've got. You know you always want to talk about Cooper Cup, but um, Puka Nakua having an absolute great year this year, and then you know they've got some good players on defense. So you know at the minute I'm thinking kind of a seven eleven record. Um, I don't know what 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 you've got. If you're a little bit more optimistic than me, there stands a good chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I mean, I do think we can beat the Saints. I think it would be a very good game. Um, and then I kind of hope, uh, you know, no one likes a tie. Well, we like a tie. We want the Saints and Falcons to tie to kind of take each other out to the race a wee bit. Um, I mean, the Rams is very winnable. That Rams game also, I believe, was on Sky Sports on Christmas Day. I think it's like nine o'clock Christmas evening uh, on Sky Sports. And again, it comes out to the Eagles. I mean, I don't know if we have a bit of momentum. Like if we beat the Saints and then beat the Rams, we're taking a bit of momentum in. Like if the Eagles are, are a bit wobbly, a bit shaky, you know, we can protect uh, Tommy D the way we can. I mean, the thing I actually love about the NFL, like, you know, everyone thought that the Eagles would be romping home by now, you know, and they've you know, had lost the last two games. So everything's up in the air. I mean, Oh, I'd love us to see us get to eight wins. Just this, you know, to compared to where we were a few weeks ago, would just be a phenomenal turnaround. Um, but we will see. Um, one thing um, I will say is, regardless, win, lose, or draw, we will be putting out content every week. We'll be doing this podcast every week. Um, we love doing it. Um, you probably don't like listening to that much, but you know, you have to listen to us, so it's fine. Um, just want to say, you know, I just cannot wait to have the two boys back. Because you know Dan's the host; he's the host for the most. We come on, we're I'm a poor imitation. Dan is the man, you know. He he he's so good at uh, hosting. I can't wait to get him back. Uh, but I've stepped in this week for the crack, you know. Um, but point being, that is all we have time for this week. Um, great show tonight. You know, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Shane, um, about this past game. You know, and look forward to to the scenes. You know, and speaking of that scenes game this weekend. Um, 6 p.m. game at the Saints. Myself, uh, Dan, and Craig will be in Dublin. Buskers on the ball, uh, for the game with Brian from the Irish NFL show. Um, not expecting any crowds or anything like that. We'll have a table or two. Just come down, have a few pints with us, watch the game with us. Understand it's very close to Christmas, completely understand that. Um, but just pop down, come and say hello. Um, you'll see us, we'll have our little flags up and our little banners. and and whatnot and uh it's gonna be a really really good evening and very much looking forward to it um 
And uh, anything else to add, Shane, before we finish? No, just you know, it's um, although it's been just weird, just just me, me and you tonight, Kev. But it, it's been nice, mate. It, it, yeah, it's been good. Um, you know, the next, yeah, exactly. I mean, spoiler: the next time the listeners might only hear mine and your voice could be a twenty twenty four NFL mock draft, just like last this this past off season. But you know that that's long in the future. Even though at least one of us is looking towards the draft. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's been good chatting to you. Uh, thanks to everyone who's tuned in, who's commented. Uh, we do really appreciate it. Um, sadly, I'm not going to be there this weekend. I've got other commitments that uh, I can't get out of. And, and like you say, he's, you know, close to Christmas and anyone who, who makes the trip, just go. You'll have a great time. Um, you know, you, you're going to have a, a, a couple of native, native Irishmen there. You ain't got to worry about trying to understand this accent in person whilst it's under the influence of alcohol, because that does get a little bit more tedious. So I, I do admit that. But, you know, if, if anyone is in the area or anyone's a little bit unsure about going, you know, drop us a DM or drop Kevin a message directly or, or maybe even Brian from the NFL show. But honestly, if anyone's thinking about going, we had the Washington meetup earlier in the year that was absolutely fantastic. Um, and there's going to be more to come next season, 100%. You can absolutely put your money on that. But, you know, other than that, great tuning in and we will be back Friday. We will be back Friday night with our uh, Saints preview and talking a little bit more about Dublin and um, look forward to, to, to speaking to you guys then. Yeah, good chat and see you later.